Yo, Brick Geeks, people of the world, Lego fans, it's me, Phil Fenn, aka the Brick Geek, and I'm with a couple of friends, and we're doing another podcast with Drew. Hello. And Mike. Hello. How are we all doing? I'm running on three hours of sleep, so we're good. That's not bad. <laughs> That's not bad. Three hours, you're doing good, man. And you, Drew, how are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Good stuff, good stuff. Right. Since our last podcast, there was a few things that we wanted to talk about, which we didn't really have much time because, I mean, the last podcast was the longest podcast we've actually done. It went on for 45 minutes. Wow. That's that's a good length. Um, And there's still loads of stuff that we've obviously not spoke about within the past year since we did our other podcast. Actually, I looked at the date, Drew, and... Before the last podcast, it was actually January time this year. So it wasn't quite a year, which I said it was. But there's a few awesome sets that have come out that I really think we need to talk about, isn't it? There's a lot of new sets. I mean, a year, well, nearly a year is a long time. There's too many sets to talk about, I should think. Yeah, it is. I agree. I think the first set we should start talking about is Diagon Alley Harry Potter, which set number is 75978. 5,544 pieces priced at 369.99 in the UK. How much is it in the uh, US, Mike? It's 400 or 399.99, however you want to look at it. Wow. That's it. Even 400. Wow. It's a lot of money. But I mean, to be honest with you, you're getting quite a lot there, really, for your money. Well, if you just skip skip a car payment, you're set. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think of it? Let's have your opinion. I mean, this is, I mean, I'm going to leave this one to Mike and Drew because I think anyone who's watched Brick Geeks will know my current status on Harry Potter. So (laughs) I'm really not clued up about it. I'm really not clued up about it, but I do like the look of Diagon Alley. I think it looks awesome. And that was the most memorable scene in the first Harry Potter. That's what stuck out, stuck in my head the most out of it. It's like, like one of them old villages in England, but, Go ahead, Drew. What do you think? Mike, tell me what you think. I quite like it, I think, strangely. It's it's open backed. I mean I would like it even more if they were if they were full modular size, but then I guess it would be seven hundred pounds rather than three hundred and sixty. Yeah. Um, that's correct. There's lots of colour, yeah. loads of colour. I like the street, the little tiny bit of streets, little sort of cobbledy. Um, but yeah, I like it. it. It looked great on a shelf. Definitely. How many buildings in total is there? Well, I think it's six. One, two, three, four, five, I think six. think it's six. Yeah. Six buildings. Five, over 5,000 pieces. So how many minifigures? 15. 15 minifigures. Wow. What do you I think like. of it, Mike? Like your input on it. I love it because I love Potter. I, yeah. You know, I, I, I just do. So there was the version of Diagon Alley on the, let's call it the first round of Potter, early yeah. 2000s, whatnot. So those had three <clears throat> separate pieces you could kind of spread out. This one is more modular based, like Drew said, uh, but they are the half size of modulars. So if you are stressed for space, you can double them up and... Yeah. You know, the, the, the four apps can create two modulars in one respect. But it, it captures 
throughout the Harry Potter series, the variations and how they filmed Diagon Alley, and it, it's just a fantastic set. I, I love it. I want it. I've, I've built portions of it, but uh, they've done some really good building techniques in here. If you actually have a look, so you can see like there's a pink building there. Is it? I can't. That, it's that Quidditch. Is Weasley's store. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Right. Is that the store with the Nimbus three thousand in it? It is not. Uh, that is, I is the one with the wizard in it. The wizarding, the Quidditch supplies. I think. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right. If you actually have a look, there's some really good building techniques on that. It looks like what they've done is they've used. Do you remember the old garage doors? The old transparent garage doors. Mm -hmm. It looks like they've laid them up there and tilted them out a little bit to give you that crooked effect. I think that's brilliant. Can you see it? Is that what that is? Do you think? I thought they were windows. No. Well, so the windows on on that is. You're right. The garage doors. I. I think those are specially created pieces, but they're angled out towards the street too. So they're yeah. you're correct. There's a building technique in which it's angled a bit, but it all comes together at the end of the day. Exactly. No, I love it. I think that's that's one of the best parts of it. I love it when they do stuff like that. I mean, that looks like a crooked street in some country place somewhere. I mean, really good. They've done really well, good. Diagon Alley. And, yeah, they've done and Potter fans who have modulars absolutely want to integrate this into their modular cities. It, my opinion is that it's Diagon Alley. It doesn't really exist except in the wizarding world. Right. I have to say something that Ollivander's yeah. one of my most liked pictures someone created. I share, as you know, in Brit Geeks, I share other people's work as well. And someone had put a load of goods in the window and it looked like, and they put a backlight on it and it looked to me absolutely wicked. It looked, I think yeah. fans have been waiting for that. I'm sure they have, they've got to have been because it's, it's iconic, isn't it? And as, and as Mike says, the last, I did see the last one that they brought out in 2002 and it was very different to this one. But what I'd like to know is how long it is. Will it fit on a shelf? It will definitely fit on a shelf, the half modular size, but it's the length of them. That's what I'd like it's, to know. It look it's the same. It's the length of four modulars. So it's going. So a, a normal base plate is ten inches long, and that's going. To, this together will be forty inches long, fully displayed. I already have the space wow. on the shelf cleared. And so it's, it's really big. Yeah, it's yeah, a little so bit. It's a meter. It, oh, it, it's it's massive. It really One is. One meter that's, long. And, wow. So do we have a thumbs up, Drew? Uh, yeah, one thumb is definitely up, and the other one is wavering. It's wavering up. <laughs> right, give us, your, give us your points about it. Tell me what, what is it that you're thinking? I like it. I think it looks great. Um, from a non-Harry Potter fan sort of view, it looks great. I think, yeah, I think it's, it looks great. The colours are, yeah, are really good. The colours inside are really good. Um, for me, it would just be on a shelf, so I'd, I wouldn't see any of the stuff in the back. So I'd just have to judge it from the front. It's yeah. great, but I haven't really got anything to put it with because, like Mike says, I don't really think it goes with the modulars. But yeah, yeah it's a great, it's a it's a great set. It can, but it, it it's like anything else you display on the shelves, or even the modulars if you have a city or something, like Hogwarts, which is going to go well, already is Diagon and we'll go right next to Hogwarts. You don't see all the detail on the backside. No. So when you see it, 
didn't pull it down. Yeah, definitely. The overall impression. Yeah. Like any shit you put on a shelf. It's definitely oh, what's inside that again. Yeah, that's the whole point of it, I think, to take it down, to look inside it. Obviously, you you want to see what you've built, and uh, you put it on your shelf. I always take them down to clean them anyway, so I take my sets off the shelves and give them a good dust down, and I have a good look through them. And every time they get me, I mean, there's always something new that you notice, especially like in the Ghostbusters Firehouse. That's one of my number one primo sets. I love <laughs> that set. It's absolutely right. brilliant. They made a couple of mistakes with it. You know, the Ecto-1 didn't fit inside it, which was a bit of a shame. I mean, I, I'm, I'm diversing here. But um, basically, I just think Lego on that front is absolutely perfect. It keeps you involved forever because there's always something to look at. So back to this Diagon Alley thing. Yeah, I think, I think Mike's right. I think it's one of them sets. It's pretty... I like I like what Drew says. I like the backs on the sets. I think they're very important. Oh, it's fantastic you know? because there's there's a fold out staircase. I forgot which section that is, but for Ollivanders for the wands, yeah, there are unique pieces that were created specifically to hold the wands, right? No, what I'm, what I mean is like if the set was the backs were closed, so you could so you could open them. Have a look inside and close them up and put them back on the shelf. To me, when you have half backs on the buildings, it's at risk of dropping and bits pinging off when you do pull it off the shelf and you do want to look at it. You have to go searching for the bits. But other than that, I mean, it's I've got to say, they've done very well for that price. I think for three sixty nine, they've done really well. They've fitted loads of pieces in there, loads of accessories. I think it's good. What what do you say, Mike? I I think it's. It... For the same price point compared to the the micro scale Hogwarts Castle, uh, it's a better value, especially with all the uh, the the uh, Hogwarts Castle mic or minifigure scale yeah uh, sections coming out. It's more compatible, whereas the micro scale Hogwarts for four hundred dollars or whatever it is in pounds in the UK, uh, that's more of a model. But if you have younger kids who are into Harry Potter or even teenagers, which is a thing, uh, this is a better value. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's a better display piece as well. I like the shelf idea, yeah. me. I do like the shelf idea. I, I mean, Lego, in my opinion, don't want to be bringing out too many sets that don't fit on a shelf. Because obviously, where are you going to put them? I mean, bat wings is good because you can hang bat wings on a wall, which is excellent which is sort of goes in tandem with the shelf idea. But I mean, when you bring it out humongous sets, when you bring it out humongous sets, for example, um, Hogwarts with the micro figures, it's massive. The actual set is huge. You where do you put right. that set? You have to have a special table in the corner for that yeah. or something. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, to your point, I'm looking around my wall because I've got shelves everywhere. So <laughs> I can't win. Yeah, it's got to stand the bat wings, though, I think, with it. It has got to stand with it. Right, so do, do we have a thumbs up on Diagon Alley? Mike? Yes. 100%. You're happy with it? 110%. Yeah, good man. Good man. So that's, even from my point of view, I actually really like it. And I'll, actually, there's a door. I think it's the fourth building along. I've never seen a Lego door like it. It looks like an old Georgian door. It's called the Daily Prophet. And if you actually look at that door, it's awesome, man. They've nailed that door. So all I'm going to say is, it's a thumbs up for me as well. And I don't even know that much about Harry Potter. I know. We'll get you there. 
sooner or later. <laughs> That's what Lego do. They do it so well, don't they? They just they just know what to do. They draw you in straight away. It's not so much about the. Obviously, it's about Harry Potter, but I think a non-Harry Potter fan can enjoy that. Absolutely. The, I mean, the color combinations. It, it. If you even if you don't know Harry Potter and you just love Lego, it'll draw you in because of the color combinations. It's like going to the pick a brick wall and like, oh, I'm yeah. going to build this out of these colors that are available. There yeah, it is. Exactly. I couldn't agree with you anymore, man. Right. So now we're going to talk about another set here, which is was called the Razor Crest, and now it's called the Mandalorian Bounty Hunter Transport. Set number 75292, 1,023 pieces. It's £120 in the UK. How much is it in the US, Mike? It's about the same, actually, $120, $130. Nice. Yes. I like the set. Um, and it's still called the Razor Crest here. Oh, it is? Right. Wow. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy, because they changed it in England. And um, I just want to say a couple of things. First of all, I think we should talk about The Mandalorian as itself. The TV series was just, in my opinion, I know what Mike's opinion is because he voiced it a few times. (laughs) Drew, (laughs) I love The Mandalorian. Back me up here, man. I mean, Mike liked it. I'm not going to destroy what Mike's going to say. He's going to tell us all himself, I'm sure. But, I mean, oh, man, The Mandalorian, Drew. Thumbs up. I liked it, yeah. I did like it, yeah. It was brilliant, man. Straight, straight. As soon as he walked in, they started it off. It, I was captivated straight away. And to me, that was definitely one of the best things that Star Wars has done in years, besides Rogue One. Mike, I agree yeah. with Rogue One. You agree with Rogue One? Absolutely. Spectacular film. Love I, that film. Oh, Rogue One, I waited my entire life for that Vader scene at the end. I it wanted that... to see him actually be Vader. There he yeah. is. Brilliant robot. But back to the point at hand, yes. Uh, the Mandalorian. So I had to watch the entire series twice. First time, I was not impressed. But the more I dug into it and realized that that was originally supposed to be the Boba Fett series, and there were licensing issues with that, and the more I thought about it, is I realized Boba Fett, as a Mandalorian, was the most useless character in the original <laughs> trilogy he did yeah. absolutely nothing and as absolutely he accidentally got eaten by a <laughs> yes, <Sarlacc>. right <laughs> the Sarlacc, so, yeah, yeah. and as, as everyone is consumed with jedi and the skywalker saga then we bring in the mandalorian who's just a regular guy and kicking everyone's tail just because yeah. he's that good so i have absolutely done about a 180 on the Mandalorian, I'm proud to say it. I'm yeah, waiting good. for the the next season good. coming out good. later this month because I, I just had to sit back and think about it. I thought myself. I mean, this is what I thought when I first turned it on. Yeah, the moment that I, we I turned it on, I liked it straight away. I liked the introduction straight away. I was captivated. I liked it. It's very simple but really good. But I also think. The way it was filmed was really good as well. They must have used a special camera filter. I don't know what it was, but that was absolutely... It was just brilliant when he walks in and he takes everyone out in the bar. Drew, come on, you got to back me up here. It's amazing. Yeah, I did, I did uh, enjoy it. That's why I had to sit back and think about it, because I was like, this feels like a campy 60s Western. And then I realized 
that's exactly what Star Wars was based on. Yeah. It's a campy space western type vibe, right? Throwing some samurai and there it is. Yeah. Well, Luke was caught a few times wearing spandex, which is a bit weird. <laughs> he's, he, he, I mean, he was dancing around with gold wings. I remember that. It popped up on my timeline at one time. I actually remember it, to be honest with you. Yeah. There was a few dodgy things that Star Wars straight away did. There was an Ewok um, movie as well. Do you remember the Ewok movie? I remember the Ewok movie, yeah. <laughs> Or the uh, bad. the uh, Star Wars <laughs> fashion special and like the holiday yeah, special, yeah, which still had Boba Fett in it, had animated Boba Fett in it. But again, oh, really? I, I'm going to maintain I don't understand how Boba Fett got the following he did because he did absolutely nothing of any value this whatsoever. Is I, this this is why I was saying because he had a, oh. a jetpack. Yeah, exactly. That was all. That was all you needed was a jetpack. You got a jetpack. Doesn't matter what you do. And a blaster. He had a I blaster. Mean, uh, yeah. the, the jetpack ended up killing him in the end. That's basically <laughs> exactly. why he died. But yeah. he got sliced then, by a lightsaber. It didn't he get no, sliced by Han. a lightsaber? Did he? It was, it was something. Yeah. No, it was Han. He shot him with his blaster. He couldn't even see at the time. So how yeah. is Boba Fett so awesome? He didn't even like hit. Mando. He didn't even shoot him. He just banged into it, didn't he? he just banged it with a, like his spear thing, oh. and then it malfunctioned and flew oh, off. I've got to go back and look at it. Anyway, Mandalorian, <laughs> Razor Crest, or whatever it's called in Europe or the UK, you know, awesome set. Yeah, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I like the way it opens up. And of course, I love the child one. Awesome, epic little minifigure. That is really good. Love it. It's the baby with the green head. That's exactly what it is. I love that set. I think... Um, they also give you some carbonite there. Is that Bosk frozen in carbonite? I don't know. It looks like one of the creatures that whatever Bosk is. Very nice. Like the way it opens. He's a Trandoshan. Is that IG88? That guy with the um, the. He's like a bounty hunter, isn't it? In the big form of yeah. friendship. Yeah, I thought yeah. so. Trandoshan. So, Same. There's a, actually another one of the race in the cantina. I forgot yeah. his name. Yeah. He's got his bed in there as well. He's got somewhere yeah. to. He's got somewhere to kip. I can't believe he's thought about <laughs> like a space camper van. Yeah, I want one. Would, would you live in two, It's got two carbonite figures in there. Has it? I only yeah. saw the one. Let's have a look. Nice. On the open cutaway picture, you can see him. I have yet Someone's. to get that, but I, I'll have to dig into it. It's quite funny, you know, we come to these podcasts every week and the amount of sets that we have and the amount of sets that we speak about. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I do my best to get them. Yeah, I, I, do no. like the, I do like the way it opens up on, on all the sides so you can get into the interior. thing is, I'm not seeing any extravagant or anything unusual there, as in building technique wise and I'm also not seeing anything that really stands out so I mean it depends how you look at it I would be buying that not maybe not for the build more to display it to say yeah I love the Mandalorian great love the little figures but I mean it is a pretty good representation of the ship and I don't know the size of it but these Star Wars builds man they have to be amazing do you know what I mean I don't know like the cantina I always go back to the cantina but that's a 
an absolutely brilliant epic build. Oh, it's jaw-dropping. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm not comparing the two. What I'm saying is, you know, I don't know, as we were saying, some people say Star Wars is quite mundane. I don't think it's mundane at all. I think it fits in, uh, you know, tandem with Star Wars. But I don't know. I think they could have done better with this ship. I don't know. It maybe could have had bigger compartments. I don't know. It could have been bigger. And I, yeah. I have a friend who built one custom based only on the trailers, right? And his was about twice this size. Nice. So, you know, give or take, this is meant to be playable. Uh, and you've got children who are watching the Mando and they want to play with it. Yeah. The collectors who love Star Wars. I think it's a fair balance. Yeah. I would personally, myself, I'd rather have seen a UCS Mandalorian bounty hunter. You know, I think it, I think it's at that stage of classic Star Wars. And maybe people think I'm jumping the gun and it hasn't at the stage of an iconic ship, but everybody's seen the Mandalorian and everyone loves it. So why not bring out a UCS version? Something massive. Oh, I think it's a bit early for that. That's what I'm saying. That's that's where I had my trepidation there, Drew. It's like I was treading yeah. on ice when I was saying that. <laughs> well, it, 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 that's always a debate because there. Just so there was the micro scale Nebulon B frigate, right? Uh, there, there's always a debate on what the next UCS should be, and everyone is still waiting. At least I am. And if this came out, the the Mon Calamari cruiser, home one. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. everyone. Wants if to. that came out in the size of the last UCS Star Destroyer, I would buy it. I love that Huge. ship. Huge. always have. It's, it's, it sounded like you said, I love that ship. Well, you did, but it sounded like you said something else. Yeah, I agree with you. I love that ship too, I love man. that ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. No, it's good. Really good. The Mandalorian ship itself, the Bounty Hunter <laughs> Transport or the Razor Crest, which, which is what we're talking about right now. I'm going to go and buy it because I love the Mandalorian, but I'm, I'm I just don't know. I, I still, as I say, it's it's a it's a thumbs in the middle for me. This one, Drew. What are you saying? I like it. It's a bit too it's a bit too expensive. I think for what it is, the price yeah. puts me off a bit. Unless I mean, maybe if I see it in the flesh, I might say, "Oh, it's a bit bigger than I thought it was." But for what it is, 120 quid. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Not yet. Not today, anyway. Mike? I will buy it because it's not another X-Wing. It's not another TIE Fighter. It's not another variation of an A-Wing, Y-Wing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And for now, this is the new generation of Star Wars. I'll buy it. I love it. Yeah, it, it, cool. it, it, it's, it's got that balance between playability, collectability. So we've got a thumbs up. So we've got a thumbs up from you, a thumbs down from Drew, and a thumbs in the middle from Phil. Yeah, that's a debatable set, isn't it, really? <laughs> you got to think about that. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. But I tell you what, I do want to talk about another set here. Now, this is only a very, very small set. This is brought out for Halloween. It's the, it's the Lego Brickhead set 40422. Frankenstein, the universe, part of the Universal Monster, I presume Universal Monster Raves. Let's hope that happens. It's only 108 pieces. But man, I love this. This is awesome. To me, 
I'd rather go out and have this than a few other sets that are out at the minute. I think it hits the nail on the head. Awesome. Really good set. Really good. What we say in. Yeah, love it. I've got it on Look, order. You got it's it on, on the order. Yeah. Nice printed tiles in there as well. Some nice hot, you know, the eyes now are half circles instead of full circles. We've got uh, we've got that, I love it, with the brickheads. Obviously, if you're a fan of the brickheads, you'll know that if you've seen, for example, Krusty, who I've got here, Steph kindly bought me for Father's Day this year. Well, actually, Theo bought me for Father's Day this year. But you can see yes. it. Yes. <laughs> love Happy that. Clown. Yeah, you can see. He's got his special printed, yeah, special printed bow tie on there. So they do that quite a lot with the Brickhead set, which must cost them a fortune. I absolutely love this set. It's just brilliant. I just hope, the only thing I'm going to say before I stop talking about it, they need to bring out more. What I'm saying is they need to bring out more of these. We need to have um, Frankenstein's Bride. We need to have everybody in there. Vampire. We need to have, we need to have Christopher Lee. Vampire, Peter Cushions. Yeah. I mean, it's and just a a, and a mummy. Yeah, it's just a given, isn't it? They need to bring out all the classic monsters. What we say, Mike? Well, that that's what I'm wondering with because this is the first one with the Universal logo on it too. Mm. Uh, so I am curious as to why it wasn't released with the Bride of Frankenstein or more of an pair, right? Because it, it compared to the witch and the ghost, I think those are the only other two Halloween ones. Yeah, uh, they don't have a bigger background, a bigger backdrop, right? No, no. The same price point. Um, I think part of the appeal of Brickheads, especially the holiday ones, because those are the ones that I'm really into. Also, the the background makes makes it. And Frankenstein by himself, yes, it's cool, it's awesome. And if we get into the the old school monsters, which wouldn't be a bad thing, just expand them a little bit. If yeah. if the price point needs to go up, okay, that's great. But the backgrounds really make it. I think people all. Um, I think people will pay the premium to have a couple in there or a set of them, you know, thrown in together. There's only one thing now. If you know about Frankenstein, it wasn't called Frankenstein. It was called Frankenstein's monster. And that's, I mean, he was called Dr. Frankenstein and he's, he was called Frankenstein's monster. They've, mm. called the monst- they've called the monster Frankenstein. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what but, people think he is, though, don't they? Yeah, it's true. It's true. But how many people really know about Shelley and yeah. Frankenstein? It's that's just true. Frankenstein. Coming back to what you said, they could have expanded and brought Dr. Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster out. That that would be a good idea. And I'm just thinking of the last two Christmas sets too, where there were the there was Rudolph or the reindeer and the elves or Mr. and Mrs. Claus. So if we're going to go down this path of like you said, Dracula and the mummy and whatnot, why not pair it up? Otherwise we're going to be waiting ten years to complete a collection basically. Maybe that's the plan. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, God, imagine being 50, 50 uh, odd buying, still buying the same set. You'd be like, 50, <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be start, you started collecting when you were 40 odd, and then now you finish your collection when you're in your late 50s. It's still it's, finishing the collection, <coughs> you put it in your will, and it's gone. It's not your problem, then, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh. No, I love that. I think it's brilliant. I think they need to bring out more. I know we've got a thumbs up from Drew. 
straight away. Thumbs up from Drew. Thumbs up yeah. from Mike. Definitely. It's it's a 100% must-have for anyone who loves Halloween, anyone who loves the Universal Monsters. To me, it's perfect. And it's Brickhead set number 111 or... Lego set number 40422 108 pieces I think it's readily available now You can order it online Yeah, you can go and pick one up from the Lego store too <laughs> Yeah, Cool, love it So Now that we spoke about all that We're running into our 30 minute mark Now we're at 30 minutes So Ready? Yeah, we're at the end of our podcast Now really, but I just want to spend the last couple of minutes because we'll resume it in our next podcast. I like this monkey kid line. Mike is really big on it, aren't you, Mike? You love it, don't you? I am. Monkey kid. I I had no idea what was going on when it was released. Dug into it. We can talk about it next time. I'm actually a a big fan of it, yes. This is what I do want to talk about. And just he just pulled it out to me there, and he said, Phil, look at these. And I looked at them, and there's one that I really, really like, which is Pixie's Food Truck. How awesome is that? It's set number 80009, and if you have a look, there's a really cool pig head mould there, and it's a brand new mould that really like it, really good. We'll talk about that all next week. But for now, I just want to thank you all for listening. Nice one, Drew. I appreciate you joining Nice one, Mike. Have you enjoyed yourself? Always. Yeah, good man. Awesome podcast. We'll be back next week because we've got so much to talk about. Just before I go, I just want to say, before we do these podcasts, we write down every set that we want to talk about. And it's been a long time since me and Drew did our last podcast before the previous one. And basically, yeah, if you understand, we've got to catch up on a lot of sets here before we come present. So we're trying to keep these down to half hour quick segments. Got it. Enjoy. I hope you enjoyed it. See you all next week. See ya. Bye. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>